This is episode 53. In this episode, you'll meet Sarah Farzam, the founder of Bilingual Birdies, a place for bilingual learning through song. Bilingual Birdies is also an opportunity for you to start your own business. So if you love children, if you're bilingual, and you're entrepreneurial, find out more about how you can start your own business. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos! It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Welcome to another episode of Relate and Elevate. And I have a guest here. Uh, You want to introduce yourself, please? Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah Farzam, the founder and CEO of Bilingual Birdies. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so glad to meet you. I know we chat, uh, chatted a little bit last week, but I'm so excited to really learn more about bilingual birdies. But first, I have a little like get to know you activity. So just little questions about you. So let's get to know you better. Um, what's your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food. So many. Uh, let me think. My favorite food would probably be polo joresht. Oh, what is that? Yeah, so it's an Iranian dish. And um, actually, no, let me change. My favorite food is tahjin, also an Iranian dish. (laughs) So we, um, I'm half Iranian, and we have um, just like the most amazing rice in the world. I could eat rice like all day, every day. And so I don't know if any of you are familiar with Iranian food, but we basically, we sort of like burn the 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 rice at the bottom of the pots and um it becomes this thing called tadig and tadig literally means like the burnt bottom of the rice like the burnt bottom of the pot mm-hmm. and so what tachin is is basically like a rice cake that's a little bit burned and crunchy and it has like these amazing um, barberries, dried barberries in them. And it has like yogurt and saffron and um, chicken and, or you could do vegetarian if you want. And it's just like layers of all this beautiful fluffy rice with like a crusty top with saffron. It's just so delicious. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. I need an Iranian food in my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> talking about it, I don't, I'm really not. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, what's your favorite color? My favorite color is orange. Hmm. Like to wear or like to have like as decorations or? Yeah, for sure to wear. Um, also for decorations. Um, it's just so bright to me and happy, like the sun. And you can tell I work with little kids. <laughs> like It's like the sunshine, you know? <laughs> so yeah, just like bright orange, like the sun, like fire, just alive, you know? That's cool. Yeah, I like orange too. I don't really wear it though. Yeah. Anyway, what's the most recent book you've read? Oh, well, I'm reading a book right now and it is called um, Bring Yourself. 
how to harness the power of connection to negotiate fearlessly. And it's actually written by one of my mentors. Her name is Maury Taharipur. And it is all about sort of, you know, contrary to popular belief of how people should negotiate in business being like, you know, very hard and coming with like all their, you know, intensity of um, trying to like outshine the other person or whatever. Um, This is all about, um, being vulnerable in your negotiation and showing, you know, who you really are and making a personal connection with your, um, the person that you're negotiating with so that they can see that you're a human and you're trying to get to an understanding about something Mm -hmm. in business. And it's sort of like an opportunity to be a little bit more transparent. And the cool thing actually is that I was interviewed for the book. So I'm trying to get to the part where I'm in. (laughs) 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 I haven't gotten there yet. So yeah. That's so cool. Going great. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like moving from a patriarchal way of seeing things to more of a matriarchal way. I don't yeah. know. That That's what I initially thought is, am For I just sure. like completely wrong? Or No, I think you're completely right. It's more like, you know, we, we just to echo that, you know, everybody has a masculine and feminine energy inside mm-hmm. of them. And I feel like, you know, these things we've been ingrained, you know, it's like, it's just a machista society, you know, like mm-hmm. where you have to be hard and negotiate fearlessly and be mm-hmm. really like tough and strong and and win, 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 and win. Yeah, and I just and no matter what cost. Yeah, exactly. And what I've learned from this book and from my mentor is that you know it really is about coming to a space and creating a, an energy where both parties will walk away happy. Like the best negotiations are when, you know, I can't ever feel like someone's taking advantage of me. I don't want the other person to sort of feel like I'm, you know, trying to like screw them over or whatever. It's not about that. Like we both need to walk away feeling happy and we both got a good deal, you know? So it's pretty cool. Yeah. You guys should check out that book. That's so important. Yeah. I mean, all of my work, everything that I do is collaborative. I don't really do anything on my own and that's genuinely how I feel like we all walk away like even me when I'm like teaching a online course or something like I walk away with like so much <laughs> too absolutely yeah you oftentimes probably realize you learn more than they did like in this session you know <laughs> yeah don't tell them okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah um what's the last song you listened to Oh, the last song I listened to was um, No Sigues by Flor de Toloache. And if, for those of you who don't know, Flor de Toloache is an all-girl mariachi band, uh, which was founded in New York City. And they are my good friends. And, um, you know, they, they're speaking of masculinity and femininity, they really have sort of breaking the molds of, of mariachi music, which is historically a very you know, male, machista, um, dominated uh, genre of music. And these ladies um, wear pants and they have these beautiful flowers in their hair and they sing like better than anybody you could ever imagine. Um, And they all write their own music and play their own instruments and they sing and they're, you know, Latin Grammy winners and they're just outstanding. So they did a remake of a No Doubt song, uh, you know, Gwen That's Stepan- so cool. Uh, and so 
I was just listening to that one the other day. They're just outstanding. Every time I kind of need a little bit of like empowerment, you know, um, I'm half Mexican. So I, I listen to their music and I just feel like so shiny and I can do anything. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I've never heard of them. Yeah. No, you have to check sharing. them out. Yeah. But can you say it one more time? Flor oh, de... Flor de Toloache. The Toloache flower is an aphrodisiac flower that they used to give, you know, to men to then like, you know, sort of like change them up and stuff. And um, (laughs) yeah, so it's kind of a really awesome name for a band, but they're, they have incredible music. So I I would really recommend as soon as it's done, you check them out. (laughs) I will. I'm going to say, Alexa, play. No, I don't know. Yes, yes. Sometimes yes. Alexa doesn't listen to me when I tell her to play stuff. Anyway, yeah, I, I should have another podcast episode about my relationship with Alexa, but that's, <laughs> anyway, that's another story. Um, if you could meet one person, dead or alive, who would that be? Okay, very interesting. <laughs> if I could meet one person dead or alive, I would try, I would ask to meet my abuela. So mm-hmm. she, the mother of my mother, I never met her, but I feel like I know her because through all the stories that my mom told me growing up and you know, it's interesting when you have pieces of jewelry from a person who you've never met and you have stories about a person who you've never met and you have photos of a person who you've never met. It's kind of like you met them, but you haven't met them, you know? So she was an entrepreneur and she's from um, Sonora, Mexico, and she had six children and she you know, had a daycare in the house. She painted and sold her paintings. She would sew baby clothes and go and, you know, sell them to moms. She did anything and everything. Um, Number one hustler and provider. And I think that, you know, a lot of, of this stuff about entrepreneurship that we don't realize oftentimes it's in our legacy, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, that's, that's in your blood. Right. And so, maybe, you know, when they ask about your DNA, you know, it's like, well, I have, you know, this very strong work ethic inside of me that I truly believe comes passed down from generation to generation, even if it's subconscious and you never met the person, you still have it in you, you know? So I, I tend to pull strength from that and I never even met her. So if I could, I would love to meet her. That's so cool. I interviewed both of my grandmas for my podcast. Nice. I did this little mini series called Familia Emprendedora. And I learned stuff about like my great grandmothers and stuff like that too. Yeah. I love it. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, okay. One more question about you. Um, tell us something that only a handful of people know about you and that you're willing to share with more than a handful of people now. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So I think that, um, you know, everyone has things from the outside and things from the inside, right? And I would say what a lot of people don't know about me is that this whole sort of like self-confidence and self-esteem and really like owning who you are uh, was something that did not come naturally to me. I really had to sort of inch my way into that empowerment. I think uh, oftentimes when you grow up uh, with 
several cultures going on. Um, it can be a little bit confusing, especially when you are in a community that might not exactly reflect your cultures. So um, that was always a bit confusing for me to sort of, you know, I remember being in school once when I was in elementary school and they were like, okay, we're going to give everybody one, um, like a, a pin like a tack and here we have a map of the world and everyone could just go ahead and put the pin in where they you know where they're from like where they're represented you know their family is from you're and like I can remember, i have a head full please yeah like, <laughs> you know and i just like sort of didn't know what to do you know i was like well we're here in california so i guess my family's sort of from here but my mom's from mexico and my dad's from iran and you know, like I, I was very always confused about that stuff. And so, and, and, and I would say a little bit shy and maybe even embarrassed. And so, um, you know, now, of course, when you grow up, you realize what a benefit those things are to your life and mm -hmm. um, an advantage. And so I think that for me, you know, it sort of comes off like, oh, like this is this like amazing, empowered, shiny thing that I've always been about. But I really had to sort of ask the important questions and, and dig to understand the meaning of what it is for me to, you know, let go of that, you know, those layers of, of, you know, you're not good enough and this, you're not the same like everybody else around in your classroom or whatnot to sort of let that go and, and emerge into the person that I am today. So that's something that maybe not so many people know. It doesn't come so naturally all the time. I had to work at, at getting here. Well, this is a really great segue to our topic of cultural identity. You've already mentioned um, where your family comes from, um, but how do you self-identify? Yes. Yeah, so when people ask me, like, where are you from or what's, what's your ethnicity, I always tell them I'm half Mexican and half Iranian. And that's it. I grew up in L.A., which sort of makes sense because there's a lot of Iranian people and a lot of Mexican people in LA. But um, I think that it was also sort of a rare combination for someone of my age. And um, I could never just say I'm only American or only Mexican or only Iranian. I really grew up with both of those elements in my house. And people will tell me something, yeah, but you were born in, in California, you're just American. And I'm, yeah, but we don't speak English in my house all the time. And we don't eat, uh, quote unquote, American foods, whatever that is, you know, and, you know, we had got a little bit of a different thing going on here. So to deny one or the other would be to deny myself, you know. I don't think I've ever met anybody that's half Mexican, half Iranian. Yeah. And met a couple babies so we're coming in we're coming in strong but like <laughs> you know like when I was growing up there were, I had never met someone like that before hmm. and what does the phrase cultural identity mean to you yeah so I think cultural identity really is it's uh, to me it means empowerment I think there's such mm -hmm. a you know cultural heritage behind you know where you come from that's that can really influence who you are beyond just the foods that you eat and the cumbias that you listen to and you know kind of maybe the little bit of an accent that you might have uh, which i love accents by the way i'm just intrigued by them um <laughs> but i think that it's really so much more than that like when i was telling you about 
you know, it's, it's in my lineage to have this very strong work ethic that comes from my abuela in Mexico that had, you know, four businesses at any given time and was really hustling to, to make a beautiful life for her six children, right? I think that is cultural identity to me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, on my dad's side, Iranian people, um, you know, Iranian people, that's also in our, in our, in our legacy, they, these people started as, as, as merchants, as traders, you know, like mm -hmm. the, the, the art of negotiation is also mm -hmm. something that's in my blood. You know, I grew up watching my dad negotiate at CVS pharmacy, you know, <laughs> like, I'll, you know, I, I'll give you this much for it. I'm like, yo dad, it's not that type of place. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, so yeah i i imagine like street markets and street vendors love it yeah yeah is that my time to shine for mm -hmm. sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> so which it's you know i mean for some cultures that that's it's even rude to ask right but you know mm, it's sort mm -hmm. of like where where i come in from others like, it's rude not to ask yeah it's expected <laughs> you know i mean i i know about these things because i come from that like you know when when you are quoted a price you know oftentimes in the middle east it's already inflated three times like they know that you're going to start to talk them down right so it's it's um street markets are definitely interesting place for me to uh, thrive <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to switch gears a little bit and talk about your business, Bilingual Birdies. Can you share with us, um, like, what is it? What, like, do you sell? Is it services, products? And, like, where do you sell or where does all this happen? Um, so please share. Bilingual Birdies. Bilingual Birdies is a foreign language and music program for preschool children. So we started in New York City. I, I launched a company in New York City 13 years ago in 2006. And what we do is we make partnerships with um, preschools, Head Start programs, community centers, public libraries, homes, like in-home uh, with moms. And we teach classes. So we sell bilingual classes. We have Spanish, French, Mandarin, Chinese, and English. And it's all done through music, movement, puppets, uh, various theater-based games. It's certainly a lot of fun, that's for sure. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a very alternative way of learning, right? We don't really mm -hmm. do flashcards or sit there and, you know, like drill these concepts in like in a kind of boring way. They're children, they're under five years old. So it's mm -hmm. an early childhood program and everything is rooted in a sort of play-based method. So we sell classes mm -hmm. and then we also, most recently, sell the opportunity for a budding bilingual entrepreneur anywhere across the country who would like to start their own bilingual birdies business to um, get trained online and we set them up with all the business tools that they need the infrastructure their own website you know training on the methodology their um, classroom kit of instruments with all the maracas and puppets and drums and everything that they need to start their own bilingual birdies business and share their language and culture with families um, and to earn money from home right now, which you can do by teaching classes online or later in, in real life. So that's- I love saw. the music part of it. I mean, when my kids were growing up, Daniel Tiger, um, I love him because he, he taught my kids and me because <laughs> I would learn the songs too, right? <laughs> like, And then I would, you know, we would say the songs together for them to learn. Like, um, 
I can't remember one off the top of my head, but I remember that there was this one where um, it was teaching kids of how like parents go away and then they come back so as to like not feel like your parents abandoned you at this place or at someone else's home. Um, there was also like a toilet training one. Um, but there was definitely a song about um, about when you get mad, like feeling angry, you count two, three, and uh, then I breathe or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. that even helped me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sometimes I was so like, good. frustrated with like all these little, like the three little ones running around. Um, yes, we do that too. So um, our curriculum, you know, in the beginning, it was a lot about counting and colors and just sort of basic things that children need to learn about, right? But it, of course, in another language. And as we started you know, the months and years went on, we realized preschool children are super curious, right? And so maybe we'll set out to teach 10 to 15 new words in a class. And then we realize like it ends up being double or triple that because it asks so many questions. So now a lot of our classes um, in our curriculum that we've created has changed into things like pedestrian safety, we have a whole unit that's about emotions and we actually have a song what do I do when I get mad you know I stop my feet and what do I do when I'm nervous and things like mm -hmm. that or when mm -hmm. I'm sad right and so we teach children how to identify those emotions in Spanish for example and um, I just think that's so important because so many of us mm -hmm. as adults we never even right like you said uh, it's helpful for you too we never even really had the chance to learn how to identify rising emotions in our own selves so of course when you can do that for yourself it's, it's so much more effective to be able to do it for yeah. your children it's so cool I mean the whole like learning through song is and then because there's also like you feel it and you feel it in your body and you feel the vibration and, and I think I don't know if I learned this or if this is just something I'm just I connected on my own is that um like your body has memory, right? Not just your brain. So when you're doing the motions and stuff and that, like your body actually remembers things better. Correct. Yeah. So music evokes emotion, right? <clears throat> like I just told you about some of my favorite, like the last song I listened to and how it makes me feel so empowered and happy and with it. And so with that emotion, it triggers memory. And our brain is always creating, you know, neural pathways and grooves for all these memories and these things that happen. And so our whole, you know, the reason why I started Bilingual Birdies was to have a space where children can be introduced to a new language, a new culture, this thing, quote unquote, the other, right, in a very positive way, to have the most positive introduction to this other thing that you might not have known so much about um, in a way that will create a lasting impact. And, and, you know, I mean, by the time you get to kindergarten, you're not going to be racist because you're sitting next to someone who speaks another language from you and, and you had zero exposure to that. It's like, oh, Mandarin Chinese, super cool. I know about that. I can count to 10 in Spanish. I know how to identify how to cross the street by holding hands with an adult. And I know how to say hands and walking and things like that, you know? So that was really our whole goal was to make these this this introduction to a love of language learning and embracing diversity through a really fun musical engaging you know way so you really just honed in on like what the the problem or the gap is um in the preschool side of it but i kind of see is like you have like two parts of this is like one is like you're creating the curriculum and then you've created the curriculum and two 
is you're creating this opportunity this opportunity to own your own business and what is it that you call it is it a certification is it a licensing program or what what is it specifically right so it's called bird kit so you get your own bird kit and it's a um, a bilingual birdies licensing program so you would become anyone you know if you're interested um you would apply online and you basically send in an audition video and fill in an application and we do a background check and then mm-hmm. with all with all that's sort of approved you would enter into mm-hmm. our licensing program which is an opportunity to start your own bilingual birdies business in your neck of the woods and so you know we meet everybody and like on zoom and we sort of you know try to get to know you a bit because it's very important for us that we are identifying people who, of course, want to, you know, it's a business, right? The idea is to make money. So you do mm-hmm. want to find people who kind of know how to hustle and can make partnerships with preschools in their community and set up their own, you know, mommy and me classes and mm-hmm. do that whole sort of thing. But um, I would say just as important, if not even more important, is to find people who really want to you know, ignite a bilingual education movement in their community, because that's really what this is about. I I think in this country here in the U.S., we want to uphold our nation's promise to be a place of equal opportunity for all children to thrive in school and have Mm -hmm. access to quality programs in, in every community. So we're looking for people who have the the understanding of what it takes to sort of do that and and the ownership to really make it happen and and feel that um you know they're providing something for their community that could really transform uh the future that's really great that's really amazing and i i have just like this really really like like big part of my heart goes to preschools and preschool education um I was really, really involved in my kids' preschool. It was a cooperative. Um, it was my obligation, but I chose to go to that preschool because of that. And I they learned to be involved. That's great. Yeah. Like I learned how to be a parent. <laughs> so it wasn't just like my kids were going to preschool to learn. Like I was also going to preschool to learn how to be a parent. <laughs> and um and I really, really loved it. Um but okay, so let's say I wanted to get my own bilingual birdies kit like what is it what is it that I need so could I do it here in my own home is it virtual preschool is or what what does it look like and and what is it that I need so you do a background check so then I have to give you like my fingerprints and all this stuff or or what is it um because I know in a school like we even when I volunteer at my kids schools I have to get fingerprinted and I have to get a tb test and all this stuff so how, how does all this work Right. So we actually take care of all that for you. The process is super easy. You just go to bilingualbirdies.com forward slash license, and there you will find an application. So you select the type of user that you're going to be. If you're going to be a business owner and teach, if you're going to be a business owner and you want to hire other people to teach for you. Um, so you'd select that and then you fill out all your information Um, it's a $100 application fee so that we can pay for your background check for you. 
and then you upload a video. There's a whole prompt that tells you exactly what to do. You have to sing, wing, you have to sing wheels on the bus in Spanish um, <laughs> and teach it in a fun musical way. And then um, you'll just listen to the audio file and replicate. And then there's a short piece that you have to do with a puppet where you have a little chat with a puppet, which you can just use a sock or your hand, you know, and then you upload that video and then you finish the application, just informational things, sort of rating yourself and how you feel your entrepreneurial skills are. And um, then we will receive your application. And then we basically, if everything there looks good, we ask you to get liability insurance, which mm -hmm. is a very simple thing that you can do online. And then uh, you're in. And then once you're in, um, it's uh, $0 uh, for the training. And it's basically $75 a month. And every month, um, we send you a set of new themed curriculum. So uh, initially, once you're in for free, you get the training, um, which is about a 10-hour training. Um, there are these super beautiful videos that show you exactly how to teach um, a second language to children in a fun musical way. So mm -hmm. there's that. And then you get a business boot camp. And then you also, which shows you how to prepare, launch, and grow your business. And then you get a classroom kit of instruments mailed to your home, very high quality musician style instruments for the children to use in classes. And then you also receive, um, you know, uh, your own website on our page so we can direct traffic to you. And then you get all the marketing materials that you would need, like business card templates and flyer templates. You know, if you're going to have a meeting in a school and you need to show them like what the program is about, we provide you with all that infrastructure. You have your own logos and, you know, bird images, everything you need. You get your own social media handles and it's just pretty much bilingual birdies in a box, like everything that you would need to run your own business. And then you also go into a peer to peer network of other bilingual birdies educators who are running their businesses across 21 cities throughout the U.S., Canada and Australia. Oh, and that's, that's really so cool. cool. It's, yeah, like it's like your own little team. <laughs> yeah, everyone's supporting each other, which is really nice. So far, they've all been female entrepreneurs, which we're totally down for guys to join us too. Um, you know, but it's pretty cool that, um, you know, we, they're all moms except for one. And it's pretty cool that we're able to give this opportunity for, for moms to provide another income to their family, you know, via embracing diversity on a weekly basis and, and celebrating and sharing their language and culture with other families. So, um, so do they do it in their own home? So you can do it in your own home right now, given the unprecedented situation we are all living, um, you can teach online. So we actually teach classes online too. So if anybody wants to just check out what a bilingual birdies class is, you can go to bilingualbirdies.com forward slash zoom and check out, um, you know, you can just sign up for weekly classes. It's $15 a week and you get unlimited access to all of our classes in Spanish, French, and Mandarin. And a live teacher, a live bilingual musician will come on and teach your kids Spanish. And it's super fun. You can see the puppets, the, the birdie puppets and everything. Like the children just love it. It's been, it's been really positive to be able to go online and see so many kids laughing and dancing and jumping and joyful at home. So um, you could, if, if you become a bilingual British licensee, you can do the same thing. Teach classes online through Zoom to your friends and family, you know, and start to build an income from home uh, doing that. And then when we go back into in real life, 
we, we, you know, you're available to go and make partnerships with preschools and go into their classes as a foreign language specialist once a week, for example, and visit the twos classroom, the threes, the four-year-olds, and go in there once a week and offer 30-minute mm -hmm. sessions. Mm -hmm. You can make um, alliances with your public libraries and get paid by the library to go offer, you know, community classes like caregiver and child classes. You can make a partnership with your local kids bookstore or ice cream place and, you know, start to run classes in there and sort of market your services to your community and invite families to sign up for your, for your bilingual birdies classes. So I wouldn't have to go and like rent a space and create a school myself. Like I could if I wanted to, but that's really not, if I'm like starting out little by little, it's better to just kind of do it remotely or in like group on-site group teachings, like uh, classes, me teaching through the bilingual birdie curriculum. And then if I wanted to, I can work up to, right, renting exactly. a facility and creating exactly. my own little preschool if I wanted to. Exactly. So basically how I first started was I printed 5,000 flyers in Queens, New York, these little postcard flyers. And I went to the park and the playground every single day and I handed out all 5,000 flyers to all these moms and nannies in the park. And uh, I went and found a dance studio in Soho in Manhattan. And I asked if I could rent the dance studio space by the hour in the morning, because all the classes were at night. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were like, yeah, sure. So um, they asked if I could pay $100 an hour. And I was like, how about 25? And they were like, okay. And I was like, great. And they gave me the key. <laughs> That's the Iranian. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, okay, I'll leave the place cleaner than I found it. Thank you so much. <laughs> and so I just took the key. And then I promoted these classes via just analog, like flyers, handing them to people. Hi, how are you? Oh, cool. Oh, you're from Mexico. What part of Mexico? Oh, my mom's from Mexico. Just like, I mean, I would talk to people for hours on park benches, just chatting them up about their children and invite them to test out a class. And slowly, very slowly, but surely people started signing up. I mean, the first day I, after passing out 5,000 flyers, I only had one student and my twin nieces. So three kids, two of which were not paying for the service because they're my nieces. <laughs> it's okay. They're, they're bodies. You need to fill yeah, And I was like, it looks sort of full because they're twins. And to much, much to my surprise and my brother's surprise, the one lady signed up and, um, you know, she told her friends, another friend told her friends. And today mm -hmm. we teach thousands of children a week across the U S Canada and Australia, which is pretty cool. That is really cool. That's so cool. Like I'm, I'm really happy for you and what you've Thank created. You. Listen, you I tell you, if I, oh, sorry, if I could just say, if I could figure this out, you know, a person who was 24 years old when I started and had zero business knowledge, no formal training, um, in 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 business and entrepreneurship, um, I know that with all the infrastructure that we're providing people now and the support, uh, ongoing support, that, I mean people could really take it to the next level in their community and, and sort of, you know, they always say success is when opportunity meets preparation. And so I've spent over a decade preparing this for people who would be interested to, to sort of seize the day and, 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 and take action with the opportunity so they can be successful in their community. So you're providing the opportunity and the preparation. So now you just need to find people who are willing to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So far, it's, it's so far so good. <laughs> And now I'd like to take a little break. 
Have you noticed that I refreshed my online programs? Visit my website, jazalmartin.com, and you'll see that I no longer offer once a week classes. I used to offer like four week long or two week long courses where we would meet once a week in the evenings. Those don't exist anymore. Now I offer like one time meeting classes or two time meeting classes for the marketing strategy course where we'll meet for like three hours on a Friday and three hours the next day. So then that way you can get your marketing strategy done in one weekend. Check out my website for more information. So, okay, so we've talked a lot about your culture and your business, and you've kind of answered this question a little bit, bits and pieces, but um, how does your cultural identity affect the way you run your business? My cultural identity definitely affects the way I run my business. Um, I think that, uh, you know, it's very interesting because Latin culture and Middle Eastern culture have a lot of similarities, but they also have a lot of differences, mm. you know? So, um, I, I definitely learned from, from my Mexican side, you know, to be, um, let's see, a, a very good listener, a very good, um, you know, definitely very kind and compassionate. I mean, I don't know if like all Latinx population is like this, but I learned this from my, from my mom and the stories she tells me from her mom. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I really grew up with this sense of, well, put yourself in their shoes. Like, how would that feel? You know what I mean? And really tried to kind of hone in on, on what empathy is and what compassion is and, mm -hmm. and all that stuff so that I could, you know, be accommodating when you need to be accommodating, right? That's a very important skill. And then um, I would say Iranian culture is also very beautiful in its, in its ways. And it's also very upfront, I would say. So sometimes you need to be very upfront. And, and, and mm -hmm. when you're running a company, sometimes you just have to say no. And when they ask why not, it's not a lot of reason why not. It's just no, and here's mm -hmm. one reason. And if you need 10 more, like you can just go ahead and sort yourself out like via Google because mm -hmm. this is the reason. And, and really what I've seen from, you know, my dad's side, a lot of my cousins and uncles and aunts, they're, they're very to the point, like very, very to the point, like no beating around the bush. This is what it is. And I think that type of honesty and transparency and, and sort of firmness is really, really important in business mm -hmm. because it's not good to leave things unclear. I've sort of learned that, mm -hmm. you know, the hard way when, you know, and then of course, both of my sides sometimes get mixed up where you want to be like accommodating and you're like, well, I should have been more firm, you know? So it really is that my cultural identity has informed my work as a, as a, as a businesswoman in a sense where you have to read the situation and see what people need and give them the authentic true part of what you are in, in the moment of what is needed. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Oh yeah, totally. I've had to learn to strengthen both of those things. Well, I've always kind of been a really like direct in your face person. So I kind of had to like learn how to pull it back a little bit. <laughs> There's a time and place yeah. for everything. You know, yeah. you have to, I, I feel, you know, being a good business person, just like a violinist would train eight hours a day, you know, on her violin and that's her profession. Being a good business person is also an art form, right? And so you really need to, to study it and, 
and figure out what is the best way that I can do this in this time, in this moment, in mm -hmm. this situation, and, and give the part of me that's needed to sort of fulfill whatever you're trying to make manifest, right? Yeah, well, I mean, we learn by doing, we learn through practice, and that's why we need to just do it and make mistakes and then be like, oh, yeah, this was good. But then the next time we, we did the same thing, it, it wasn't good, you know, so we learn. Oh, for sure. I feel yeah. like failure is 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 a really good thing you know i mean i i think i've learned more from my failures than i have from my successes yeah um i'll tell you i have failed so many times <laughs> yeah. but i have learned so much each time and really it, each time has been an opportunity for a specific kind of growth that i don't think i would have had access to if i didn't just go for it make the mistake fall and then get back up again and and sort of reevaluate and keep it moving right yeah. Well, I was going to ask you what lessons have you learned, but that's, <laughs> that's like failure is really important. Um, we learn a lot more from failing than by, you know, being perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I, I, I say fail fast, you know, because <laughs> the, worst be efficient slow, about it. <laughs> yeah, the worst is a slow failure where you're just like, Oh, I don't know, this is taking forever. It's like still going bad. No, just fail fast. Get out there, try it. It doesn't work. It's okay. Pick it up, you know, have your moment to cry about it and let's keep it moving. Like yeah. we, don't, we don't, we don't have time. <laughs> we got to keep it moving. So I, yep. I, I'm all about failing fast and, and it's okay no one's gonna hate you or maybe they will a little bit and they, they'll adjust you know yeah well yep failing adjusting compassion be direct these are all things that we all need as business owners and entrepreneurs right so um yep. speaking more about running your business what is your favorite technological tool that you use to run your business so I would say definitely a project management software. Um, I would say that even in the very beginning, pre-launch, if you have a business idea and you just wanna go from step zero to step one, uh, the best thing that I think you could do is get a project management software. And here's why. Um, what a project, project management software is, is a tool where you can sort of make your to-do list and put deadlines and attach you know, PDFs and images and documents and get your whole social media plan going like in an organized way and have it very clear what you're supposed to do. Oh, I have to research all these things. So you have a task for everything, right? And if you're one of these people who are fortunate enough in the beginning to have help, um, maybe like an intern or an assistant or something, which, um, you know, is often rare in the beginning, it's just you doing everything. But if you do have help, you can also make tasks for the people who are working for you and, have them be time bound and you don't have to ask them over email like, Hey, how do I, did you do this? Like, I have a question about it. You can just go into your project management software and see if your intern was able to complete and the task and, Oh, look, they have a question. They wrote it down in the task and I can answer the question. And it's just really an efficient way to create good operational mm -hmm. habits from the beginning. So I, I would say it. more than, more than Instagram, more than, more than, you know, even a website, a website's obviously really important too, but, you know, just step zero to step one, you can look into a free one that's called Asana. That's a project management software. The one we use is called Redbooth. 
And it, when I brought that in, it was not in the beginning, but when I did bring that in, it was definitely a game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, it really transformed the level of efficiency in which we did business and still uh, do business. And it really, it, it's a project management software gives you efficiency, accountability, Mm-hmm. It helps you to show up, right? Like mm-hmm. so much of this is about just showing up, right? And you want to mm-hmm. show up in the right way. And so how can you make sure that you can do that in the right way is have your ideas and your tasks all organized in a way that isn't like scribble scrabble in your notebook, you know? I mean, I have that too, but that's more like mm-hmm. formulating how I'm <laughs> going to put my tasks together, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I love Asana. That's what I use um, because like right now I pretty much do everything. I'm starting to get like um, interns. I just got my first one and then I'm trying to get different ones. So that way, uh, different interns to help manage different projects. Um, but what's the one that you use? Red book? Red booth. Red booth. Like a phone oh. booth? Yeah. Red booth. And it's really great. Um, I think Asana's free. So that's, that's a good thing about that. But Red booth, you do have to pay based on how many users you have. Um, but yeah, any of those I think are fantastic. Cool. I've never heard of that one. That's a new one. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, if you had no constraints, would you start another business? Oh, yes. I am like a business idea machine over here. I have so many <laughs> ideas for businesses. Um, I would like to start some kind of uh you know, like a artist retreat center where people could come to like a very beautiful part of the world and do a project with a local community that's there. So for example, art project, no, yes, an art project, but something that's needed. So basically I saw one of these in Oaxaca, Mexico, where um, it's called Casa Wawi and it's like this beautiful um, architecturally beautiful space that um, was created by a Japanese um, architect, Tadawando, and he worked with a Mexican artist to create this space that's a retreat center where basically artists apply and they can, visual artists apply and they can go there and then, you know, take a month and, you know, they can stay for free and eat for free, but they have to do some sort of project with the community. So for example, there's a lot of fishermen over there, right? Because it's on the coast. So if they can connect Wait, with the fishermen. Wait, where in was this? It is. Was it in? It's on the coast, um, close in to. Yes. Uh-huh. near Huatulco. It's not yeah, in Yeah, because I've been in, near. I've been to Oaxaca. I did my, my um, internship abroad in Oaxaca in college. Oh, cool. I was there yeah. for like four months. It's a beautiful place. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, very important place for Mexicans. Um, so yeah, so you basically could go stay there for a month and work with a local population and create an art project that is a sustainable project that would be, you know, something of use to the fishermen, right? Functional, practical. Exactly. And I really like that concept of cross-cultural, you know, awareness and sort of mixing, um, you know, populations. And so mm. I would like to do something like that. Maybe this is sort of more of a nonprofit organization, so we need to get funding for that. So, um, but I, I love the concept of bringing pe- different walks of life together, mm. you know, on their own will. They'd have to want to, you know, be a part of all that. But I think there's just so many interesting conversations that can come from that and 
things you can share. So I would try to do something like that. That's cool. Let me know. Where do I send Yeah. Can they do that? <laughs> Very aspirational, but hey, I never thought I was going to make it this far with bilingual birdies. So you never know, right? <laughs> That's so cool. I could even see like you having like a, a family week or something and bring families together where parents and kids are working on something together. That'd be awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, sorry, I'm just like really picturing it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have so many ideas. I have like another one is I have these dreams of studying to become an Ayurvedic doctor. So Ayurveda mm -hmm. is thousands year old Indian tradition of mm -hmm. um, medicine, and it's all about food, right? Because they believe food is healing, which I believe food is healing as well. And so it's mm -hmm. just kind of what types of food to eat during the season and whatever ailments you have and how we can really, you know, sort of do daily healing via food and, and nourishment to our bodies. That would be like super cool. Maybe I could have like the artist space and then also like an Ayurvedic doctor who's there can help you like get your nutrition right. Yeah, I think it's all yeah. relative. Like, right. yeah, you can be learning about everything all at the same time and contributing to the local community. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, I also think about like elderly population, how I can do things to help them and, you know, and then you know but yeah I just see this is entrepreneurship like you're driving down this like lane mm -hmm. and you're going down the road and you're just headed somewhere and then you have all these shiny lights on the side and it's like oh look at this oh look at that no, no, mm -hmm. let's just stay focused and keep them moving right yeah it's um, like look what else I could do look what else I could do <laughs> yeah hopefully there'll be time for it all <laughs> yeah that's why I like to ask this question because I know that most people who are actually every time I've asked this question everybody's like yep or I'm already working on it, or yes, I will, or I'm going to do two or three more. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I love it. Because an entrepreneur is just constantly creating. Whether whether we like provoke the creativeness or not, it's just like happening. You know? For sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I really, really appreciate you spending the time and um, sharing your story. I'm so happy to meet you. And I um, wish you lived closer because I would seriously knock on your door and be like, hey, that Iranian food you were talking about, <laughs> can, you, can I try some? <laughs> can I get a to-go order? <laughs> right. I can FedEx you. <laughs> Maybe I could look around here where I could get some. Um, and then I'll pick your brain and be like, which one should I order and try? <laughs> That'd be so cool. Wait, now I'm thinking like we should have like zoom tasting dinners yes we could be on to something there yeah see <laughs> we're creating <laughs> i know um but anyway thank you so much i'm so happy that we met and uh, hopefully we continue to um i seriously if you start your thing come back let me know <laughs> share oh, yes. your story how you started yes, that <laughs> i will i will and thank you for all this important work that you do i think it's it's such a important value to our society to be able to have you know voices that sound like our own tell our mm -hmm. tell our stories and you know um just continue to offer inspiration and and confidence for people out there who are like oh yeah you know maybe i was thinking about starting something i don't know what and you know like si se puede like people can do it you know i mm -hmm. never ever thought i was going to be the ceo of a company you know i i was just trying to after college like you know work for a hip-hop after-school program teaching kids about like 
how graffiti art is art, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and things like that. But I feel that sometimes I think, you know, we were talking about this uh, before on the phone, you have to be the role model for yourself that you always mm. were looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, even if you haven't seen someone who looks like you or sounds like you um, make it happen in the way that you've always dreamed, you're going to be that person because guess what? Like there's always going to be a bunch of girls right behind you that are also looking for those people. So I, I think, you know, building, building bilingual birdies for me has been such a blessing and really has given my life such a sense of purpose and um, I would I would be honored to give that opportunity to to someone else who's looking for a way to bring a, a you know a new income to their family, um, mm -hmm. so that we can you know turn this world into the place we envisioned it to be. So children can celebrate diversity and and see what a again what an advantage it is to be bilingual and and have access to learning about other cultures in a really high quality way. Yeah, diversity for me really is all about acceptance. It's not that we're different. It's that we accept each other. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's so, about acceptance. Yeah, so come on over and sing songs about accepting each other with us <laughs> and learning different languages. Um, I think the world needs a lot of those songs right now. A hundred percent. But uh, you know what, what you were saying um, was that we have to creates um spaces or create things for ourselves or create our own paths um i remember when someone called me a trailblazer and i was like oh i never really had seen myself as a trailblazer and i guess i kind of had to look it up I, I didn't i don't know that just that whole idea of that concept didn't really didn't really sink in until like a little while after and like a trailblazer is someone who creates their own path because they don't really want to follow kind of like the paths that are already out there. Um, but I realized that as a Latina, as a woman, as a Latina woman or Latinx woman, as a Chicana or as a Mexican American woman, I feel like I've grown up my whole life with not that many paths made for me like for me and my culture and where I come from and not just where I come from physically but the ideas and the beliefs and that you know like that that that's what I mean where I come from and so I that's why I time and time again I meet and I see women like you like me like all the women on this podcast um, and the men on this podcast too. And I don't see us as trailblazers. I see us as, as more as like, we're creating the spaces and opportunities and paths for other people, for us, because there weren't any made for us. Like we weren't seen as part of the larger society to be like, oh, you fit in here. I'm like, no, the, the paths that are already out there were not made for us. So that's why we had to create them. So I guess we are trailblazers, but not in the sense that I think other people see them. I don't I know what you. that makes or not. No, it totally makes sense. I feel like maybe a lot of this came out of necessity. Yes. Like, yes. And, and not because like, oh, I'm creating something new just because I can and I want to. And you know, I'm just sitting here and no, it's like 
we, I have to, because if I don't, no one else will, or yeah. But Absolutely. Sorry. It's like, you see, it, you know, if you take a look around and just see what is missing, you know, what type of job or what type of, you know, contribution to society is missing and can I fulfill that, you know? And then you start to think about it and you're like, wait, why is that missing in the first place? You know, like, why did we not have, you know, bilingual education from the get in this country when, when mm -hmm. I was a little kid, you know, and you start to think about the systems in which, um, you know, built your formulation, your upbringing, and you question, why was that like that? And it's like, okay, well, maybe it's because I wasn't around back then as an adult to change the system, you know? And mm -hmm. so we're going to create our own spaces where we can do that and invite everybody to come, <laughs> you know, and, mm -hmm. and sort of see how that goes for the next generation of leaders, you know? Um, I, I think what's so cool about what you do and what I'm starting to do now, which is, you know, training other entrepreneurs, it's such an opportunity because exactly, you're a trailblazer and you figured this thing out. And so now you're starting to share it with other female entrepreneurs who are, you know, just have this spark inside of them. That's like, I want to do something. I have an idea. I, I, I believe in it. I just need that like guidance or push, you know, sort of help with focusing to make it happen. And you, you can, you can guide people into that. And I, that's what I'm excited about. Like you learned mm -hmm. it and now you're passing it on. It's sort of that whole each one teach one, you know, and mm -hmm. just imagine if there was more people like that, you know, I, I, it makes me feel really hopeful for the future when, when I think about Latinas learning how to master a skill set in entrepreneurship so that they can push their own economy forward and then educate others to do that. It's just, mm -hmm. I mean, just imagine what you could do with, with that type of knowledge and, and power really, you know? So yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's really understanding and coming into our own power, which I'm still realizing and recognizing. And as I keep going and as you keep going, you know, like the power that you have created for yourself and for so many other households across how many countries across how many cities in the u.s like it's it's like crazy but it's not really crazy it just you know it's just kind of like it opens up our well it opens up a new path and it opens up another way of thinking and i think that the difference between us um and other people who consider themselves trailblazers is that um Maybe they feel like, oh, come follow me because I created a new path. So now come follow me. I'm like, I don't want people to follow me. <laughs> I want people to create their own path too. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, I'm like, whatever is best for them. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think with us in Bilingual Birdies, I want to help you get other people to follow you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I'm, I, you know, especially in places like California and, and Texas and, you know, um, Arizona, I would love for people to, to really, you know, look around, see what's missing and see if you can fulfill that contribution to society by, by any means necessary, whatever it is that you want to contribute to society, you know, but we, there's so much work to be done right now, especially in education that mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, we can use this time to sort of review and reset so that we can move forward and into a new day, right? That's gonna look different and hopefully much, much better than it has been.
Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned California and Texas, and we didn't even get into the whole conversation of how, like, speaking Spanish was banned in these states, like, at one point, and that there's, like, a whole generation ahead of us who didn't even learn Spanish because their parents were, like, we're not allowed to speak it because it was the law, and it was more, like, of a survival thing. But that's, like, a whole nother... (laughs) Even though we're technically in Mexico, you know? Yeah, the whole, the borders crossed us people. (laughs) Exactly. I really feel like, that's why I tell people sometimes, you know, learning learning another language, you know, it can be your own personal peace protest, you know? It's like, I'm Mm. here, I'm learning about this other culture, I'm learning the language, I want to be here to communicate, like, I'm doing the work, you know, to embrace this diversity and and celebrate who you are you know and that's so mm-hmm. cool right like this this stuff is very accessible like we can make it happen so mm-hmm. now's the time right yep so where can people find you at bilingualbirdies.com yes so if you're a parent with preschool age children and you'd like to um sign up for classes online and sort of participate with that at home you can go to bilingualbirdies.com forward slash zoom where we'll be having weekly classes in Spanish, French, and Mandarin uh, throughout the summer. And then if you What's the are, like highest age? What's the age range that those Zoom classes are for? So we go up to about age six, okay. but we have a couple kids that are a little bit older. But, you know, I would say the majority of the children are like three, four, five, like around mm-hmm. that age. Mm-hmm. And then if you are um, a budding entrepreneur and you're bilingual and you live anywhere in the States and you are curious about how you might be able to share your language and culture and teach children Spanish or French or Chinese uh, from your home and earn money from home, you can go to bilingualbirdies.com forward slash license. And Mm -hmm. that is where you can read all about the opportunity and see how you can apply to get trained to launch your own bilingual birdies business in your community. So cool. Yay. Yay. I'm so excited. And, yeah. And also if you, if you want to check us out on Instagram, it's bilingual underscore birdies. And we post all kinds of fun videos of the birdie puppets, like, you know, teaching different words in Spanish and different languages. So you can see a little bit about what we do there. Oh, cool. I mean, yeah, I'm going to go on there. <laughs> see, what did I, what am I going to learn through song today? <laughs> but thank you so much. Um, I know I was like starting to close our episode then we went into like five other conversations <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing and I really I really appreciate what you're all about and um and I I love that you have like two parts of your business and just creating more opportunities for people um so thank you so much thank you so much I really appreciate your interest and um and the important work that you're doing. So yeah, let's, let's do, let's do a check back in like in a little bit, you know, let's see how everything's going. (laughs) Yes, definitely. We need to. Thank you for listening to relate and elevate. Find me on Instagram at Giselle's world and on Facebook at GM strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com. And please, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.